Welcome to the Sports Hour. This is Mitchmo. And this is the Mormon. And we are here face to face, live, recording this in my kitchen. Mitch, Mitch Mo, Mitchell David Dodd. What is up, my friend? Not a whole lot. Is this not more exciting? This is than so it's much ever. more exciting. I can reach over and just smack it. We can. The back of the head. We're gonna fight every time you say something stupid. <laughs> We're gonna fight live on the podcast. You're gonna hear the mics fall down and just like no, it grunts. If and you noises. just hear one of these. I just smacked just, him right across. Just right the across face. For, for my crazy take. But yeah, we are here. Mitch came out to Utah. We watched game two of the NBA Finals live in my living room, uh, hosted and sponsored by Pizza Hut. So <laughs> thanks for the pizza. I'm just kidding. <laughs> and, uh, and we're here to talk about these NBA Finals as well. We're going to get into a little sports nerdiness later on in the podcast. So we'll, we'll get into that later. But yeah, some NBA Finals. Some some sports nerdiness, Mitch. Are we are we ready for that? Are we excited for this? I am very excited for this. We got nerdy. We got real. We we did nerdy. We did. I will give you a warning. Um, when we get to that point, and if you are not a sports nerd, we I will encourage you to leave and just say thank you for listening up to this point. But try, to, try again next. Week. Right, exactly. But I'll let you know when we get there. So stick around, and we'll be right back. started we're talking nba finals game one was on the 31st of thursday 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 um game two was at the time of this recording ended about half hour ago right about so let's get started down give us your takes let's um start with game one let's yeah start with game one um because it was a lot better there, there was some, yeah, there was a lot better <laughs> of a game but there's some stuff to take away from that and um a very memeable moment absolutely i mean obviously if you've been following and even if you haven't i've seen many people who aren't even watching basketball that have been talking about the jr smith memes uh, which i think is awesome uh but obviously we had a really close game uh the Cavs had a lead at halftime the warriors roared back in the third Cavs cut back the deficit in the fourth came down to a final uh george hill free throw which he missed and then obviously jr got the offensive rebound thought they had the lead and ran it out to half court and we get the awesome meme of lebron staring at him uh angrily and then just getting this look of disappointment that i've seen only a handful of times in my life from my father um, but so I know how I'm just <laughs> so I know I know how J.R. Smith feels in that moment. And he probably uh, saw that moment and it was freaking pissing yeah, off. Yeah, he, he was. He was I'm freaking. I'm freaking oh, pissed freaking pissing off. off. Uh, but um, that's exactly what Dennis Grant it was. Like. Um, so yeah, I mean, crazy game went into OT and then and the Warriors just uh, that was a deflated Cavs team in, in overtime and and that game was over. But it was it was exciting to watch. Caitlin and I went to uh, Buffalo Wild Wings and watched the game live, and it was it was so much fun to have people there and reacting to everything that was happening. Excuse me. Um, and uh, to be able to be there and, and witness it live was fun. So I mean, it was a good game. It was a closed game. LeBron went for fifty one points. Uh, as the first 
player in NBA Finals history to score 50 points and not win. It's only the sixth person to score 50 points. Right. I mean, so I, what a cra- I mean, a crazy game. I took away what's and, and I'll, I'll share this and then I want to ask you, Mitch, what your thoughts were on game one. But I going into this finals, I was not really excited for a fourth run of the Cavs Warriors, especially because we pretty much knew the outcome. We knew the Warriors were going to win probably five games, maybe six if we're lucky. Um, and that was it. And then and, and the outcome's basically determined. But game one renewed my faith in this rivalry because they were fighting. They were, they were, they were barking at each other. They were getting at it. Um, and this is a really good rivalry. And though they might not be as close competitively as we might like, these teams are familiar with each other. They have a history with each other. And they both want to beat each other really badly. Uh, and it, it makes for very entertaining basketball. So game one definitely renewed my faith and my excitement in this uh, in this NBA Finals. Oh, absolutely. Going into game two, I was I was much more excited to watch game two after game one. Mm-hmm. Um, like you said, LeBron put up 51, and it's not often you get to see a player, regardless if it's a playoff game or not, put up 51 points. But, yeah, the J.R. Smith thing I think overshadows everything else. Oh, absolutely. Game. Like, it was actually a really good game. Yeah, but up the until J- that point. <laughs> but the J.R. Smith move, that bonehead move, overshadowed, I think, what was really a really good game. Um, it was interesting to see him backpedal and defend himself after the game. Mm-hmm. Um, primarily because you can read his lips on the <laughs> – you can read his lips on the replay saying, I thought we were ahead. Right. <laughs> then later says, no, 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 I knew we were, I knew we were tied. Just trying to find LeBron. Why are you dribbling out to half court then? Like, you're, you're smart enough to know not to do that in a tie game, especially when you get the rebound right underneath the basket. Right. When he's a veteran, he's not a second-year player. He can't – I mean, this isn't a, 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 a rookie error. You know what I mean? This is a man who should have known better. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> so. Yeah. No, this – he knew better. He knew better. One is interesting too to see Ty Lue and LeBron all say kind of different things to explain away the situation when, like you said, it was pretty cl- clear cut what happened. Well, and Jr. said, you know, in the pre- in the press conference, "Oh, yeah, I knew we were tied. I knew we were tied." Tyron Lue even said in the press conference, "Like he knew we were down one, um, or he we knew we were tied. Right? He knew we were tied, and." It just it, the explanation was very very yeah. weird. The, and they yeah they contradict each other all of mm-hmm. them. And so it's he really just did not know what the heck he was doing. Yeah, absolutely. So I, I guess we both felt much more excited about this series going into game two, and then we had the game today, um, which I, I want you to share your thoughts first because I thought you brought up a really good point, um, and I, I think you posted this on the Instagram story um, about how you felt about this game, especially after the first half. Yeah, I. I'm, I'm, I definitely have a better take than my, on this one than I do in game one just because it's fresh. It's mm-hmm. right there on right. my mind. Um, it didn't even feel like a playoff game. It was really just – it seemed like it was either way too slow-paced or it was way too fast-paced, like sloppy. Yeah. Um, the energy in the building was really low for a packed house, um, and it just the defensive intensity was so bad. I mm. mean, guys would break down their defender when they're – you know have the ball in their hands, and no one would come and help. Right. There's no help defense. No one would come over. And, and yeah, it was just – it was ugly to watch. The first half was really bad, and I think I looked at you with about three minutes left in the second, and I was like, okay, now it's finally starting to feel like a playoff game. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think also because we're so accustomed to seeing the Warriors play perimeter ball and shoot the lights out, really, if one guy's off, another guy's shooting well – and no one really shot well to start the game. 
Especially in the first half, especially yeah. from the perimeter. I mean, yeah. like McGee had ten points, but they were all in the paint. They were get, really getting it to the in the paint and getting it inside. Right. And they, yeah, they played they played inside ball. Mm-hmm. That's what it was. And so um, it was just it was different to watch. It was like I was almost bored. Yeah, maybe, for a second, I was I, like, I, I didn't make that connection, but maybe that's why it's because they were playing that inside ball. And because of that, it's just not as, like you said, it's just not as exciting to watch some guy back somebody down or hit some pass in the lane and guy goes up and lays it in, you know? Right. It was just, it was really slow. It was got, it took a long time to get going. Right. And then about, I, it was like the end of the third quarter, I feel like really kind of took off. Once Curry started heating up, hitting threes. I mean, shout out to Steph Curry broke, uh, set an NFL, or NFL, set an NBA it's record. Probably an NFL record too. It's probably, <laughs> most <laughs> threes in the game. Um, yeah, it's a set an NBA record for nine threes in a finals game, uh, which has never been done before. Yeah. Uh, so obviously he had a great game, scored 33 points today. Um, and yeah, and then, and then the Warriors just took off and won by, I don't know what the final score was, honestly, some around 20, 19, 19, 19 points. Yeah. Uh, which it wasn't really as close as 19, but with four minutes left, Ty Lu throws in the scrubs. He's, he's Shetty, Seti Osman and Rodney Hood are in. And then after Curry hit his ninth three, uh, Kerr, Kerr threw in his bench. And then after that, it's just garbage time. Yeah. Um, but, you know, where where do we go from here, Mitch? As we have two games in Cleveland coming up on Wednesday and then I think uh, Saturday, what what are we looking at? What are we looking for? If the energy level stays the same, mm-hmm. it's it's going to be a sweep. Yeah, it's going to be a sweep. I don't even think LeBron can get him one if the energy level is going to be that low. Uh-huh. Um, there's going to be have to be a serious spark, and I don't think it's going to come from LeBron because I think LeBron's already putting everyone on his back as it is. There's going to be Absolutely. have to be a spark from someone else, mm-hmm. and it's not going to be Kevin Love. Right, well, because um, to, to, to be fair to Kevin, Kevin's had a great series so far. Through two games, he's 21.5 points a game, 11.5 rebounds. So, I mean, he's scoring 20 and 10. I mean, that's all you. That's what you need from Kevin Love, and that's what you expect. Um, but you need somebody else to be getting at least 15, and the next closest guy is George Hill, who's averaging 11 points a game. So, yeah, you're absolutely, somebody else needs to step up, whether it's JR, if it's Hill, if it's Corver. Jeff Green, somebody absolutely has got to step up in the next two games. Yeah, and I, I have I have a good feeling that it could be George Hill or J.R. Smith. Uh-huh. Um, well, hopefully for J.R.'s sake. and he can Yeah, <laughs> if he stops dribbling it out to half court. <laughs> right, with four seconds left. Oh, um, but yeah, they're going to need a spark plug from someone um, because I think I think he could stop putting all this hope in Kyle Korver. Kyle Korver. Yeah. I think he's... He's just not going to be able to contribute that much. Um, and even when he got the opportunity to shoot the ball, he didn't shoot it well. Mm-hmm. So, well, that that was one thing I, I know I mentioned going into the series is that guy, for to me, Kyle Korver played a pretty big role, especially throughout these playoffs. And I was looking at him as a key, especially to get the perimeter three shooting going for the Cavs because he is their best. Him and Jr. You know, Kevin Love; those guys are shooting threes. Korver only has five points through two games. I mean, that, and that's just like that's terrible. That's terrible. Jordan Clarkson probably has more points. And oh, maybe, yeah. That, <laughs> that's not a good sign. So, uh, JR, I mean, sorry, Corver needs to get going. And JR's not doing much better. He's He had five point, uh, 10 points first game, five points uh, tonight. So he's only seven and a half a game. And that's just, you know, one of those guys is going to have to step up. One of those guys is going to have to step up, get hot from three. To me, uh, I still think LeBron is going to pull one away at home. I think uh, those the Cavs play better at home. 
they've won eight straight playoff home games. The last home game they lost in the playoffs was game one of round one against the Pacers, and they haven't lost at home since. And I'm not saying that they're going to win both these home games. I, I definitely don't think that. But I think they're going to get one. Uh, I just to sweep LeBron, especially with the way he's playing right now, to me just seems almost impossible. So I really don't think it's that impossible. Really don't. I I, I know that <sighs> history says otherwise, and that's my thing. It's like we look at last year's team. There's no reason why we thought that shouldn't have been a sweep. But LeBron pulled one out in Game Four. Was like I'm not getting swept, and then took the L in Game Five. And to me. That seems like the formula, that the Warriors are going to go in game three, play really well, win a tight game. It'll be tight. You know, it'll be closer. Uh, but they'll win a tight game, and then LeBron will bounce, and then the team will bounce back in game four, and he'll just be, be like, listen, go, bros, we're not getting swept. Like, I don't care what you do. We are not getting swept. And they'll come back. They'll play really hard. The Warriors will be more relaxed because they've got this in the bag. They're up 3-0. So And they're on the road, so it's like, whatever, we'll play. If we don't win this game, we'll go back home and win in game five, and you know, and then they'll go back and win in game five. That seems like the formula to me, but I, I, it looks like, to me, that you are feeling sweep then. I, I'm feeling sweep. If you had to put money on it, you'd, you, you'd put money on a sweep then? Yeah, yeah, I think I would. Um, because the energy level, I mean, even just dressed from this game. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think they were so demoralized after game one oh, that it yeah. carried over into today. Do you think J.R. Smith ruined these finals? Because for a minute, I, I will be honest, for a minute in game one, I thought to myself, the Cavs could win this series. Oh, like for a brief moment, the way LeBron that's was absurd. playing, he was playing out of his mind. And I thought for a second, nah, hold up, they win this game. Now it's a series. Now they've got home court advantage. They're up 1-0. Okay, now they've got all the momentum going after a game one win. I'm thinking to myself, this this could possibly happen. You need to stop that right now. now. I'm no, not, no, 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 no. I'm not saying not even, had, I'm no. not saying I put money on it, but it shouldn't even cross your mind that they have a shot. He in was this. playing out of his mind. No, it shouldn't even cross your mind that the Cavaliers have, have a shot in this series. It did. it did in game one. It did when LeBron was when they had a double digit lead on the Warriors. And LeBron was playing out of his mind. Why? But for what, what reason did I have to doubt it? But what reason did you have? Did you see had, the second quarter going into halftime? Everyone knew that the game was over, and the Warriors were down ten at that point. But the Cavs roared back. They had a chance to win it at the end of the game. So we're not. I mean, it's not like they got blown out by the end of the and game. Then that was Smith, a tight game. So, oh, uh, Dallin, that's not no. That, no, it, that's it, not no. But I think I'm saying it's just a brief moment. It was just a brief moment in time. Okay, but. J.R. Smith I'm still ruined, mad at you okay. about that. J.R. Smith ruined their finals chance. That was it. That that like I think you're absolutely right. They just looked demoralized. Like that was that was their one chance to steal a home game. They had a legitimate shot to steal a home game. They should have. Hill for one should have made the freaking free throw. You know what? I'll give you this. They say this in boxing all the time. Is that and they said this a lot with the McGregor um, Mayweather fight. Oh. That McGregor had a puncher's chance. Right. Okay, like, and that's if exactly... for some reason he landed a haymaker right. and just knocked him out, that was the only shot he uh-huh. had. I'll give it to you. Maybe they had a puncher's chance. And that's what I'm and saying. And that was I'm, about I'm it. I'm saying it's like a 1% chance. I'm not saying I th- sat there and was like, I'm but about that, to But even with the puncher's chance, it shouldn't even cross your mind. But, and this is, but, okay, so could you imagine we're going into game two tonight. 
LeBron just put up 50 points and beat the Warriors on the road with the team that he has now. He has all the momentum. He's got everything going for him going into game two on the road. Like, do we not look at that and say, okay, well, now what? Like, how do the Warriors respond? Like, how does he go back home? He goes back home splitting the first two games 1-1. How much confidence do they have? I don't think that even happens. Um because you got to think about where they're it playing. Could have. They're playing it could in have. Oracle. That's my point. For a minute, it looked like it could happen, and that's why I, I was like, "Whoa!" I did not expect this. But I think I'm right. I'm right with you that that Jr. Smith basically ruined that for them. Yeah. So. <laughs> if if he if they had a puncher's chance, it, it's gone now. Yeah, yeah. Jr. Smith threw in the towel. I stand by a sweep, though. I really do. I understand why, um, especially after their performance tonight, and like you said, just how deflated yeah, uh, they, they look. But not gonna be. But like. I'm not going to be surprised if it goes five. Yeah. But I stand by that. The fa- I think it's going to be a sweep. Now. I got you. I got you. For me, I can never give LeBron. I can never <laughs> t- t- say a team's going to sweep LeBron. To me, it's always a gentleman sweep. I mean, he could be playing like the 96 Bulls, and I'd probably be like, eh, like gentleman's sweep just because like Le- LeBron just does like he just has such a tenacity to him that I I could just see him after game three going down 3-0 just being like, listen, like I will. <laughs> Like, I will murder your families. Like, I will destroy your career. Like, whatever it takes, you are not going to lose. We're not getting swept, basically. I will not allow you to let us get swept. Um, so we'll see. I mean, I'm the game three is obviously the key because we have to give the Cavs a chance. And they if they rebound, rebound in game three and come out with some energy at home, take that game. Now we're looking at the series a little differently. Obviously, I still think the Warriors are going to win this series. But they can give themselves a little bit. Uh, a little bit of a chance in here if they can come back and respond well in game three. Yeah. So uh, we'll, we'll see how they play on Wednesday. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's definitely an interesting series. Uh, game one was definitely interesting. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so we'll see how the rest of the series goes. It's about to get nerdy, isn't it? <laughs> it is It is about to get nerdy. So Mitch and I were talking uh, yesterday, so Saturday, and we were talking about how when we were kids, there were certain teams that were just bad, right? That like, they just, for most of our childhood, were just uh, just not very good teams. And how funny it is that now some of those same teams are some of the best teams, and uh, like specifically the Warriors, right, is a great example. Growing, growing up, the Warriors were always bad. Right. Like always yep. bad. They were never very good. And now look at them. Four straight finals. Um, and so after talking about this, Mitch and I decided uh, to figure out if there had been a team in our lifetime, so 25 years, that was, that was consistently bad throughout that whole period of time. So we we did a lot of home, <laughs> a lot of homework. It it got so nerdy it, so quick. You you can ask Caitlin. She came home from work and we're sitting there on the couch doing this and explained it to her. And yeah, she we just, did this till about what like midnight, midnight last midnight. night. And it she was, and she gave she gave us the look of wow. I married a nerd and I didn't know it. Um. So so if you are a sports nerd, if you're a stats nerd, 
Stick around for this. It's going to be a lot of fun. If you're not and you're a casual sports fan, thanks for listening this week to the podcast. We'll see you next week. You you are allowed to leave. Go ahead, turn it off, and come back next week. But feel free to stick around. Right, if you're, you're obvious, obviously you're more than more than welcome to stick around. But I don't expect you to. Okay, so <laughs> you're off the hook for this week. So we're gonna start with the NBA. So so for every sport, we kind of had to do it differently. So Mitch and I set parameters as far as what we required a quote unquote good season. What was gonna be what we consider a successful, a suc- a successful season. A successful season. So we're gonna start with the NBA because we were talking about the NBA and the Warriors. So for us. It required either one, making the playoffs, easy requirement, or two, winning 41 or more games. So if you were a team, for example, like the Clippers this year, I think won 43 games and missed the playoffs, that, according to our parameters, was a successful season. Now, there are outliers to this because under 500 win team, under 500 teams or teams less with less than 41 wins make the playoffs fairly frequently in the NBA. Right. And so we actually marked those as we went through the 20 in the NBA we had 26 seasons cuz we started 41 with the, wins by the way is a 500 record. Right, it's a five, play, 41 it's an 82 41. game season, 41 500 wins is a 500 record. record. And we tracked this all for every NBA team. And obviously we did NFL and the MLB too. And we're going to get into those later. So we did this for like 90 teams and 25 seasons worth of teams, which is, I don't even know how much that is. Cause I don't want to do the math off my, off the top of my 75 head. years worth of sports, but it's a lot. It's a yeah. lot. Um, so we're going to talk about this. So what we were trying to find was the worst team in a particular league over a 25 year span of our, our lifetime. And the NBA was very fascinating because of the way the NBA does the playoffs. Now, they do eight teams in the playoffs per conference. So there's 16 out of the 30 teams. Over half the league makes the playoffs. So there are a ton of teams that have quite a few playoff appearances and maybe never won a championship or even got close, but they've been to the playoffs quite a few times. So we had pretty high numbers as far as successful seasons in here. No team had fewer than seven playoff appearances in the last 25 years. Right, and that and, and that was uh, the New Orleans uh, Pelicans slash Hornets, who also were only around for sixteen of the twenty six seasons. So we yeah, we also had to lump in expansion New, teams. the expansion yeah. teams. So we had to lump the Charlotte teams together and the New Orleans teams together, right? Because they kind of swapped teams, flip flopped them back and forth there <laughs> we, for a while, and did, it got confusing. Yeah, we're we like, did, how are we going to score this? <laughs> we did so. like fifteen minutes of research to figure out how does the NBA. Like, how do the NBA consider these teams? Because it's like the any team that was in Charlotte is considered the same team, and any team that was in New Orleans was considered the same team. And it was really confusing because the names cities. switched. So, yeah. so, like, the Hornets played in New Orleans and Charlotte. So, it, yeah, it was a mess, guys. But we did the work for you and mainly for us and our satisfaction. That's but, right. But for you to experience. So we had how many? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight teams that we kind of – looked at, specialized, honed in on, broke down stats to consider for the worst team in the last 25 years. I'm just going to read these teams for you first, and then we're going to kind of explain to you where we had them and what our arguments were. So we they include the Bullets or and or the Wizards, because they were the Bullets um, in the beginning of this uh, 25 years. We have the Bucks, the Milwaukee Bucks, Minnesota Timberwolves, the Golden State Warriors, the Sacramento Kings, LA Clippers, Vancouver slash Memphis Grizzlies, Toronto Raptors, and the New Orleans Hornets slash Pelicans. So, 
first off, we kind of took out the Pelicans from the conversation because they'd only been around for 10, le- 10 less years than any other team. Yeah. So it seemed f- unfair to judge them. Yeah. The Grizzlies and the Raptors came in three years after we started our initial, uh, I guess, research. But because it was only three years, we we stuck them in this conversation because we thought that that was at least pretty close. I mean, right? they to, participated in 23 of the 26 seasons. Right. And so so we, we included them in this. Now, the one team that was easy to out out of this worst conversation was the Warriors. Yeah. Um, historically, over the last 25 years, not great. They were the worst. Actually, they, they were had actually, the least amount of successful seasons. Yeah. Um, well, eight. No, yeah. Oh, out of all the qualifying teams, right. yes, they yes they had the least amount of playoff appearances, but easy to throw them out of that argument because of the last four years winning yeah. what is going to be three championships right. but, but and two. appearing in four straight. <laughs> yeah, um, and even when they weren't in the finals, they appeared in the seasons prior to that, the uh-huh. two seasons prior to that, thirteen and fourteen. So, yeah, the Warriors were pretty easy to throw out. After that, and I think the next easiest one for me to throw out would probably be the Sacramento Kings, right? Um, because of their dominance in the late '90s and through the mid 2000s, right? Um, the Kings had, perennial perennial playoff team, 50 win team, right? The, the Kings had nine successful seasons according to our rankings. The Kings haven't made the playoffs since 2006, so they have a long gap in there of not making the playoffs, but. We looked at their stats. They had nine successful seasons, which was the second least, or yeah, ahead of the Warriors. But they had made four conference semifinals and one conference finals that went seven games against the Lakers, and probably uh, they had it some should have been a finals right, because they had some the, some nice was, calls for the Lakers that yeah, that series. And that was the uh, whole Tim Donahue scandal. I yeah, think. So. yeah. So um, so we considered them a good team, at least uh, better than the teams we had on this list. So, so we could have been, I think, should have been O two NBA Finals champions. They, they should have at they, least one of those probably NBA would have who, Who's that? that? That was the pace. No, that was the Nets. Uh, who won in 0-2? Look at it. Well, the Lakers. But I'm, t- I'm thinking who who was in 0-2. It wasn't the Sixers. The Pacers was 2,000. Yeah, so the Nets. So I don't know if they would have beat the Nets, but it, they probably could have. So, yeah. So we took them off the list, our list. Um, the next team that we took off our list uh, was the Grizzlies. Um, so when we had these teams, a lot of these, so like, for example, the Grizzlies had 10 successful seasons, the Raptors had 10 f- successful seasons, the Clippers, 10 successful seasons, T-Wolves had 10, Bucks had 12, Bullets, Wizards had 11. So since they're so close, we had to break down and say, okay, well, like, how successful? So if they made the playoffs, did they get past the first round? Yeah. Did they get past the second round? So we tracked it all, and out of those remaining teams... Only a handful of them actually went to a conference finals. And that we considered, obviously, um, to, to pull more weight in this conversation. We, we looked at the Grizzlies. The Grizzlies made one conference finals, and they made the semifinals three times out of their 10 successful seasons. And so having made the conference finals, we pretty much took them out of the conversation. Yeah, and so we actually did the same thing for the Toronto Raptors, the same argument as we had for the Grizzlies. Um, Sim- the same amount of playoff appearances, kind of sneaky good too. Mm-hmm. Um, they've kind of been around the whole time. They had a little bit of they had some time. They had some periods of time where they weren't in right. Um, but they were around. They were there the whole yeah. time. Um, one conference finals appearance and four semis. So, um, 
they were the next team we threw out. Yeah. So 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 to to, to explain who we had remaining. So we have the the Clippers on our list still. We have the Minnesota Timberwolves, the Milwaukee Bucks, and the Washington Wizards slash Bullets. The next team we, re- we eliminated from our list was the Los Angeles Clippers. They haven't been a really relevant team, especially over that span. But from 2012 on, they made the playoffs uh, every year except for this year. But since they had a winning record, we considered it a successful season. This team did not make a conference finals, but they have made the semifinals four times. Um, and to, what you'll notice when we talk about the final two teams that we had, those two teams only made one conference final and one semifinal. So we weighed uh, four seasons in which you made it to the second round of the playoffs more valuable than one season when you made it to the conference finals. So for that reason, we eliminated the Clippers. Right. Um, the next team we eliminated was the Bullets and Wizards franchise. Um no conference finals for them, but they do have four semis and play in 11 playoff appearances. Um, one of those teams that was around the whole time, they, they, that was one of those teams that also just kind of never went away. They were kind of just floating around. They had about four or five years where they wouldn't make it. Um, and they had some years where they had winning records and should have made it. Yeah, they actually they had didn't. multiple. They had, had two. They had two. 98, right. I think they were still the Bullets at that point. 98 and 16. And mm-hmm. They had a winning record, didn't make the playoffs, and then 2016 also had a winning record and didn't make the playoffs. So that was the next team we threw out of the conversation, which narrows it down to the Bucks and the T-Wolves, who me and Dallin debated for even after doing all of this breakdown, 75 years collectively worth of sports, we still debated this for about 20 minutes yeah. after we were done. And um, we never, never concluded. So we're going to finish this debate yeah. on, on the podcast. So... And I've had time to think about it. Okay, good. Because I have too, because I, I, I've thought about this. And I – go for it. Okay, go so it. I, I do want to say, so both these teams, the the Bucks in our mind – in our sorry, not in our mind. According to our parameters, had 12 successful seasons. The Timberwolves had 10, so they had two less. The Bucks had two seasons in which they had a losing record and made the playoffs, which obviously was was still successful to, in our to our statistics, but when we're breaking things down – and comparing teams that carried less weight to us. So we kind of docked them for that. Right. Both of these teams made a conference finals, but they also only made one semifinal, which means that in all the years of the 25 years that they made the playoffs, they only basically had one good run into the playoffs each. One year where they pushed, got to a conference finals, but couldn't pull through and get to the finals. And so, which makes it tough to decipher who is the worst team over the last twenty five right. years. And that's why we had teams that maybe didn't make a conference finals, but made multiple semis ahead of them because that's more consistency. Basically, these teams had one really good year; they had a shot, couldn't really pull it through, and then that was it. So, Mitch, I want you to argue your case, and then I want to I want to respond. Well, let's see. I'm siding with you now. Oh, great. Okay, then tell the people what you thought last night, what we were debating, and then I, and then and then we'll talk about it. I'm glad you do cuz you're right because I'm right, but I want to And we're both siding that the Bucks are the worst team of the last 25 yeah, years. Yeah, so the Bucks are the most irrelevant worst team in the NBA in the last 25 years. So, I had this argument for the MLB and the NFL and I will bring it into it when we get to those two um, leagues. Um, and I continued to use this in the NBA argument, and I found that it just wasn't working for the NBA 
And I use the degree of relevance. So even when the team is irrelevant, how relevant are they? Mm-hmm. The Timberwolves over the years, and Dallin is correct on this, have been more relevant than the Bucks have, even in their irrelevant years. And it's because of one freaking name, and that's Kevin Garnett. When you have a perennial all-star on an your MVP. team, an, an MVP, MVP on your team, even through the bad years, you cannot throw that out. Of, you can't throw that out of consideration when determining whether they're a worse team than another team. Degree of relevance. They're more relevant because of the one man, Kevin Garnett, than the Bucks. And I tried to make an argument. I was like, "Oh, I'm going to go back and look up, you know, the Bucks' most relevant player." And of course, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar came up, which he has nothing to do with the last 25 years, right? So, and then I think it was Oscar Robertson was the next best, right? One. Like the only guy I had to go off of was Giannis, and he's only been around Giannis Antetokounmpo's, and he's only been around for the last four years. Right. So, or, or Ray Allen, Ray um, Allen, and, and, but but that was more. Than no the one remembers his Bucks years. Exactly. So. Right. You think of him on like, and the, I tried to use the Ray Allen thing um, to back my argument up, but it's not. And as he was strong. a great player when he was with the Bucks, but no one remembers him with the Bucks. Everyone remembers him with. The Celtics, right, in his later years, uh-huh. um, even though he was sharpshooting in Milwaukee, right. So, yeah, I'm siding with you now on this I one. I love this. That, <laughs> damn, I hate it when you're right. Damn it. Um, oh man. But yeah, the Bucks are the worst team over the last 25 years. Um, yeah. And it's it feels odd to say that because they've been in the playoffs almost half the time they've had 12 successful seasons that's out of almost the 26 50, we measured right i mean that's that's almost 50 percent right, of the that, time that's pretty good and they're still considered the worst team because half the teams in the league go right so. exactly and that's um what was so interesting the nba was definitely an outlier in this because of how many teams make the playoffs every year right but you have teams that make the playoffs a lot and especially when you have like right now the east is really weak so you have teams like the bucks and the wizards make the playoffs year and year and year who probably shouldn't, you know, it, it, they're not one of the best 16 teams in the league. Sub 500 teams that get in. So yeah. you do have these weird anomalies. Um, we really had to break this argument down because like we said, these two teams were very similar, had a similar amount of appearances or successful seasons and each had one season. And to me, like I said, it made sense. We talked about relevancy. And when you had a star like Kevin Garnett and the attention that he brought to them, like Mitch said, even in the relevant years and the fact that he won an MVP, to me, it just made sense. Like the most irrelevant player I could think of for the Bucks in the last 25 years besides Giannis was Michael Red. Yeah. And, and I, I'm that sure was, maybe even people on this that are listening don't even know who that is. And I think that just shows. Honestly, I forgot about Michael Red until unless you, until you right. said his name and I was like, oh, yeah, Michael right. Red was a person. And, and yeah. I think that just shows how relevant they are. So Mitch and I, we have concluded, and I'm glad to say we agree on, that the Bucks are the most, according to our statistics and our analysis, the most irrelevant and worst team in the NBA over our lifetimes. And I feel really good about saying that. I mean, it feels accurate. Yeah. You know. It was, it was funny. We did the research and we did the time. That's so for I'm, sure. So I'm staying with Dallin and Caitlin in Salt Lake City. And so we had this argument last night and I went into the room that I'm staying in. And I closed the door behind me. And as soon as I closed it, I said out loud to myself, shit, he's right. <laughs> I, love I knew, it. I knew I he was right. After Afterwards, I was like, damn it. He's right. He's right. I have no argument. I cannot argue against it. That Kevin Garnett made the Timberwolves by proxy more relevant than the Milwaukee Bucks. <laughs> I love it. Okay, um, let's. we're going to move on to baseball now. So uh, we went through the MLB. Our parameters for every uh, sports league 
change, right? Because every season's different, the amount of games played different. So we had to kind of create our own, uh, I guess, standard as far as like what we considered a successful season. Yep. Um, yeah. So we we went through. We thought about it for actually for a while um, um, because there's a lot of te- baseball is interesting in that there are so many combinations of ways that th- things could happen in baseball, and that the definition of a good team actually varies from person to person to person. So um, some people consider a 500 season a successful season because you didn't lose. Well, in our book, a 500 season is not a winning season. If you're 81 and 81 in a 162-game season, that's not a successful season by our standards. So we went with something that was more benchmark That was kind of more of a borderline you made the playoffs or you didn't make the playoffs type of win total. We chose 86 wins as the benchmark for our successful season because it was kind of of where the cutoff was for teams making the playoffs. We had one outlier, and I think they wound up winning the World Series, and it was the Cardinals, and they got in with 83 83 wins. wins, And that was kind of the one outlier. But other than that, you kind of missed the playoffs with 84, 85 wins. Mm -hmm. 86 was kind of where it ended 86 87 which is kind of where it ended right well and we had uh, quite a few teams that got to 86 and didn't make the playoffs but right like more often said, than not right there wasn't yeah. many teams that did that and didn't so in in our heads a team that had 86 wins and didn't make it that just was a year that they faced really good competition and it just it just didn't right. work out because a 90 win season is a good season that's a super good that's a very yes, good season good. So. and also i mean the thing with the with the mlb is that now modern day but when we were starting to go through these stats in the 90s you only had four teams go into the go into the playoffs. In fact, in the beginning, it was only four teams total. Yeah, it was, it was only two. You only had an NLCS and ALCS, and then it was straight to the World Series. And then later in the nineties, they added the Wild. You had they added the divisional round. Um, and so nowadays, you have five teams from each conference or league. I mean, from each league, get in. So you have ten teams total. So the so obviously in the NBA you had sixteen teams, and in Major League Baseball you have ten. So we had you had a lot of teams that had good seasons that got left out. We were and we were talking a little side note because this was kind of funny. Something we were talking about last night is how funny it was to see how they split up each division. Oh, the, and, and they were and, terrible. And, and in football, I think it's even worse. Yeah, football and was baseball, bad too. it's it's bad. Like so. In 19, so I'm, a, I'm looking at 1993 right now. This was the first year we broke down. There was the AL and the NL, but they only had the East and the West. They, The NL West consisted of the San Francisco Giants, Los Angeles Dodgers, Colorado Rockies, San Diego Padres, the old Houston Astros, Okay. Um, which now they were NL Central. Right, right. They also included the Cincinnati Reds, who are definitely not East, not, <laughs> not definitely the, not a West Coast by team. any means. Um, and then the Atlanta Braves, who are on almost the East Coast, <laughs> that were in the NL West. The NL, <laughs> the NL West. I don't know how. I don't know how you. Who determined that? that? I need to know. Give me names. I, I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea. But yeah, that was kind of just a fun thing that we that we noticed. We're like, this is kind of screwy how they broke things up. Mm-hmm. So. Absolutely, yeah. And, um, yeah, it, it was interesting going back through all these and just kind of figuring out how you start a league, how you kind of balance the teams out, uh, determining divisions and conferences. And it was really fascinating to go back because I feel like, in the, especially in the, t- the 2000s, you've really had teams or leagues set. 
you know, they have their divisions, their conferences, however they're organizing it. It's been pretty set. They have pretty much the same amount of teams uh, now in the last 15 years. And I feel like uh, all three major sports leagues have kind of hit this uh, really stable point. But in the 90s, it was still pretty fluid. And, uh, like, I think in the NBA, there was only 27 teams in 93 uh, so they still added a few more teams. They added two teams in the uh, MLB while we did it. Uh, football added a few teams as well. And we got got kind of got to see the changes that were made. Uh, so it was interesting to look at the divisions and, and, and the conferences and sometimes how screwy uh, they were they were organized. Okay, so we did, ran the numbers again through all 30 MLB teams and narrowed it down to five. We narrowed it down to the Milwaukee Brewers, Kansas City Royals, Pittsburgh Pirates, Miami Marlins, and Colorado Rockies, which I think were kind of no-brainers to the casual baseball fan even to break it down to those five teams. Um, And so who was the first one we took off the list? Yeah, so um, real quick, I just want to mention uh, some of these are interesting. So this is over 25 years. The numbers are a lot lower once we got into the to baseball and football than they were in basketball. The Brewers, according to our standard, only had three successful seasons in 25 years. And so did the Royals, and so did the Pirates, and so did the Marlins, and the Rockies had four. So that just shows you like how bad these teams have been over 25 years. That only three seasons did they either make the playoffs or win 86 games, which is terrible. I mean, just... That, that's, that's I mean, just, that's there not were good. teams that were you know, in the playoffs a lot. Right. Yankees, Red Sox, Braves, Braves Giants, Dodgers. Giants, Dodgers, A's, Angels. They were teams that were always around. Right. Um, Cardinals, I think you mentioned. but Yeah, um, but, I mean, most teams, obviously, like, the Yankees had 21 out of 25 years. Obviously, I mean, they've, they've, been, they've been amazing. But most teams, even the good ones, are only about 16, which is, what, what are we looking at there, like 60%? Right about yeah, and I think the you know? reason, and I think the reasoning for this, and I is that the player turnover rate is so much higher in baseball, right? Um, and that a roster can look very, very different one year to the next, mm-hmm. and even if the turnover rate is a little bit slower, it looks very different two or three years down the road, right? And so, um, and teams rebuild all the time. Yeah, I mean, a perfect example is the Kansas City Royals. I mean, they won. A uh, they won a World Series in 2015, and now they're like the worst team in the NL and the AL Central, and it's been three years. Yeah, they're the worst team in baseball right and now. And they they sure. haven't made the playoffs since they won the World Series, and so that's and they haven't had a successful season. So that just goes to show, like you said, the turnover rate. So we have some really bad teams here. The first team we elim- eliminated was the Rockies. Uh, the Rockies were really easy. They had four successful seasons, so they had more than all the other teams. But on top of that, they also went to a World Series. They lost in the World Series in 05, but because they had been to one, we consider that, obviously, to mean more, especially when comparing them to other teams, so we eliminated them. The next team we took off our list was the Miami or Miami Marlins. Slash Florida Marlins. Slash Florida (laughs) Marlins. This one was super interesting. Um, They only have three playoff appearances since their inception in 1994, I believe. Um. Um, that was 1997, 2003, and 2009. Out of their three playoff appearances, they won two World Series. <laughs> Which is amazing. In 97 <laughs> and 03. Um, and so you, that's hard to overlook. You can't overlook that. Right. Um, much like the Warriors in the NBA. They had a very small amount of appearances, but because they were successful when they went, 
it obviously means more. Right. And I think even if they – let's say they didn't win that World Series in 2003. Look at the team that they beat to get there. That was a very good Cubs team that right. they beat. And I think that was the – that's the year with the Steve Bartman incident uh-huh. um, in game six of the NLCS. So – yeah, it's hard to overlook two World Series wins, even though they have only three playoff appearances. Right. Um, and it was kind of the same with the Royals. So the Royals were on our list. We eliminated them because they had won a World Series. This is crazy. So we started in 93. They didn't show up on our list until 2013. So it took them 20 years of seasons to come up on our successful season list. And they had successful seasons in 13, 14, and 15. They went to a World Series in 14 and lost and then won one in 15 and then disappeared from our list again and will probably be off it for another 20 years. But we can't say they're the worst team because they've won a World Series. So c- congratulations, Royals. They were a team we talked about in the beginning. We were talking about teams that have sucked when we were kids. Like the Royals was the first one I thought about. Well, and I think what we so, – because we started what? following. We probably started following sports closely around 2005. Well, I was going to say about 10 years old. We were 10 like years nine, old. We've been 2003, so yeah. somewhere between that then. That was the peak of their low, low, low <laughs> right. time. I mean, I think yeah. in 05 or 06, somebody, they lost like 105 games. Right. So I think that's because that was like our first memory um, as sports fans, knowing the Royals. Like that was like we automatically associated them as the worst team over the last 25 years, right. when actually they're not. So. They're not, according to our parameters. So that leaves us with two teams, and that's the Milwaukee Brewers and the Pittsburgh Pirates. We had to break this information down uh, because both teams had three successful seasons, but neither went to a World Series. So we had to decide, okay, who had better, worse, who had better successful seasons, basically. Right, and... What we came down well, so what we came down to is the second worst um, team over the last twenty five years is the Milwaukee Brewers. Um, Congratulations, yeah. Milwaukee! And you, you you were you were not the worst, or you were the worst basketball team in the Bucks, but you were not the worst baseball team. Milwaukee lives second second to worst. Poor Milwaukee! I didn't realize that they've had it rough, man. They got the Packers. Though. Yeah, I was like Green Bay was definitely not the worst football team we put down. Nah, so they got the Packers. Hold on to that Wisconsin and yeah. hopefully it gets better for you. It must be a cheese thing or a dairy thing. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was, it was hard to throw them off this list. Um, because of the, their NLCS appearance in 2011, right? Um, which they took six games to the eventual world series champion. Right. So, um, that could have very easily have been them in the World Series. Right. And we had to weigh that um, when we were considering it. And yeah. the two times they lost, they lost – well, they lost again in the playoffs, but they lost to an eventual World Series champion they as lo- well. Yeah. In, in 2008, they lost in the DS Series. Um, 2017, they actually didn't make the playoffs. Right. Um, but they did have a winning record. They so had over 86 wins. They had over 86 wins. I think they, they I think missed they, out with like 90 wins or something like right. that. Right. So we basically considered the fact that um, because they'd gone to an NLCS, um, it outweighed what the Pirates have done. Now, the Pirates were the same thing as the Royals. They didn't show up on our list for 20 years until 2013. And 2013, 2014, 2015, they went to the playoffs. But they never did anything good in the playoffs. They made it to the NLDS in 2013 and lost in five games. In 2014, they lost... In the wild card game, and in 2015, they lost in the wild card game. So the wild card game, for those that maybe don't know, is a play-in game to the playoffs. 
Right. Um, so which, technically, by, by my book, I don't really count it as a playoff it game. It kind of is, but it kind of isn't. Yeah, it's, it's, it, this it's weird a play-in gray in game, not a playoff game. You're right. playing your way in. And so because they, it, by, if we're taking it by that standards that it's not a playoff game, technically they only went to one playoff. Um, you know, but they had that shot. They couldn't even get into the playoffs in those two games. That's really mediocre over a 25-year span. And when you compare it to what the Brewers had done, who had at least gone to an NLCS, uh, we had to give it to the Pirates. Um, and so, and, and just much like the Royals, they did not get back on our list uh, after 2015. Yeah. And, and, and again, back to my argument that I tried to make in the NBA, it works here. Relevancy. And it will be the degree of relevance. Um, how relevant were you were you when you were in playoff situations? And the Brewers were far more relevant than the Pirates. Right. Um, the Brewers actually made some noise. They had they, more success in the playoffs. They were a almost World Series team. So, uh, yeah, the degree of relevance thing really played a factor into breaking down, determining between the Brewers and the Pirates. Yeah. So congratulations to the Pittsburgh Pirates. You are the worst baseball team in the last 25 years. And it doesn't look much better for them, if we're being honest. This isn't a team that's, like, on the up or and up or anything. They're, they're not bad this year. They're not they're bad, but I mean, like, I, they're, they're not. They've uh, made the know. necessary moves to hang around. They did have to get rid of Garrett Cole, um, but I think that was for the better for them. So Yeah, we'll see. All right, and now to the NFL. The NFL was... Okay, that was beautiful. Um, so the NFL, the NFL was uh, pretty easy for us. We basically decided that eight and eight was the determining factor. No, sorry, nine and seven. I take that back. Nine and seven. You had to be over five hundred, yeah. but a nine and seven record was a successful season and or make the playoffs, just like the other leagues. Um, we had quite a few teams that were. Oh, were over or nine and seven or higher and didn't make it, and we had quite a few teams that were worse than nine and seven and made made the playoffs. Yeah, um, um, one of them was one of your Panthers, bro. Yeah, seven eight and one, but they won in the wild card round. So take that; they made it to the second round of the playoffs that year. Yeah. So we have th- this year was hard. We had four expansion teams, basically four new teams, the Jags, the Panthers, Ravens, and Texans. Texans had a really low rec uh, number, especially when comparing to the other teams, but we left them off the list because they've only been around since 2002. So they had 10 less years than everybody else. Uh, So we didn't judge them as harshly as everybody else, but we were able to narrow this down to six teams. And now if you follow the NFL, if you're an NFL fan, you already know the answer to this question of what the worst NFL team in the last 25 years has been. But before we get to that dreaded team, we do want to mention the other teams that we did look at and had some interesting results about. And maybe teams that you didn't really consider as bad, but when we counted the amount of successful seasons that they had, it wasn't that many. Yeah, so we started actually, we broke it down in to, I think, how many teams did we have? Six. Yeah, we had six. Yeah, we narrowed it down to six. Um and I think the first one off of our list really was the St. Louis Rams um, because they only have six playoff appearances in the last 25 years, but they won in 1999 with the greatest show on turf offense, that team that was just absurd scoring at an insane amount, at an insane rate. Mm-hmm. I think that Kurt Warner, is it Torrey Holt? 
Isaac Bruce. Yeah, yeah. And Marshall, Dave, Mar- Marshall Falk. Ricky Prohl. Yeah. I mean, that, that's an amazing team. And Dick Vermeil was the head coach of that team. Great team. Um, and they hung around really through 2003. They went back to the Super Bowl in 01 and lost to the Patriots, and that would be the first of Tom Brady's Super Bowl victories Ooh. in 2001. Yeah, they, there was one year where they were 8-8. Eight and eight. Or lower and made the playoffs. Yeah, or lower and, and made the playoffs. 04. That was 4 I think they were nine and seven or something like that, but well, they would have been less than nine and seven, maybe seven and or nine. seven and nine. Yeah, sorry, seven and, seven and nine. Yeah, but because of the Super Bowl win, just like the other teams that we've gone through in the other leagues, a championship counts. And though you may not have shown up as men, as much as other teams, your relevancy counts more because you accomplished the final goal, which was to uh, win a Super Bowl. Uh, the next team we eliminated was the Cardinals. They, just like the Rams, only had six successful seasons in our book. However, they did go to a Super Bowl. They lost in 08 to the Steelers. And because they had gone to a Super Bowl, that pulled weight in our standards. And there were teams on our list that hadn't even gone to a Super Bowl. So we had to give them some credit. That, yeah, that really good cards team in 08. Actually, they weren't even that good. They just had a good run. Right. Well, um, then you had a team like in 2015 that went to the uh, NFC Championship game that, you know, and lost to the Panthers, but they had a very good season. They were 13 and 3 that season, I think. Yes. Um, yeah. And obviously the Panthers were 15 and 1, so they ran into a really strong team. But if that, if that Panthers team isn't as good as it is, we were probably looking at a Cards team going to another Super Bowl. So. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, next team off our list was the Raiders. Um, they only have five playoff appearances. In the last 25 years. Oh, no, I'm sorry. No. Oh, yeah. Five. Six, six successful seasons. Six successful seasons. Right. There was one year that they missed the playoffs. But had a winning what, right. But had a winning record. Uh, five playoff appearances. Um, you take them off the list because of 2002. Um, we know how atrocious that game was when they played the Buccaneers. It was an ass whooping, to say yeah. the least. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I think, and I brought this up to Dallin too. And I think the Raiders could have been one of those teams that won the Super Bowl in 02. because we talked about how things changed so quickly, and, and we one, talked about one how decision one, one decision thing, could have changed right. everything. And I asked him, I was like, "So, what do you think would have happened had Gruden never left the Raiders after 01? Because that was a good team in 01, and that even added pieces going into 02. Um, what if Gruden never leaves or doesn't get fired? I think he got fired. Right? Doesn't get fired in 01. And leads the Raiders to the Super Bowl in 02. Did they win that? Right. Well, they probably I mean, do because they're probably not playing Tampa Bay either. Right. Because I think Gruden was a huge part of why. And then Tampa I wonder if so Gruden successful. ever goes to the booth after that. Right. Does How long does he stay with the yeah. Raiders? Right. And then, of course, they um, didn't show back up on our list after 2002 until 2016. Um, and the way they're built right now, I think this is going to be a team that's going to show up. Mm-hmm. More frequently now, the way they're built. And now Gruden is back in Oakland. Right. So um, hopefully bring back some of that, the success that they had in the early 2000s. Oh, absolutely. And, um, it, it, you know, and a lot of it, like we talked about, was relevancy, right? What teams are you thinking about from the last 25 years as successful teams? And uh, the Raiders, the Cards, and the Rams all kind of had that over the other three teams we had remaining. Uh, the next team we eliminated was the Washington Redskins. They had eight successful seasons, according to our calculations. Seven playoff appearances. They never made it to an NFC Championship game. But compared to the other two remaining teams, they seemed like a more relevant team. They were more spread out throughout the 25 years. They had a few appearances in the 90s, 
few in the mid to late 2000s, and then obviously a few in this decade. And so for us, because they had, they didn't just have like a series of good years and then go back into obscurity. Uh, it seemed like a team that that probably uh, isn't the worst team from the last 25 years. And the other, and we eliminated one other team before we get to our obvious pick uh, for the worst NFL team. Our second worst team over the last 25 years, I think might shock some people because I think of recent, I think in recent history, they associate them as a better team than what uh-huh. they actually were. Um, but we have the Cincinnati Bengals on there. Um, and again, this is the degree of relevance. What right. did they do when they were in the playoffs? Um, they have seven successful seasons. All of them playoff appearances never got past the divisional round in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know how many of those games were wild card games. Um, I guess we could go back and look at that, or feel free to go back and take a yeah. gander at yourself. Take a gander at yourself, but if you if you think we're wrong, do do the extra research. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but we have them as the second worst team, and you know that Marvin Lewis era was actually so disappointing. Um, because they they always seemed like they had the pieces, but they never put it together. Right. Um, and you were talking about a season the other day, I think it was 15 or 14, when they had it was Andy Dalton and A.J. Green, and they were talking about how good this team is going to be. And, right. Wow, this team is going to be really good. And then they you know they put together what, it was an 11-5 or something like that season. Right, had a good season. And then can't put it together in the divisional game. Right. So um, degree of relevance. They, they got there. But never really did anything. But never made much noise. Much like the Redskins. You know, it's like teams, yeah, they made the playoffs a few times, but never really did much when they were there. Maybe had a year or two where you had higher expectations and they couldn't meet them. And that's kind of why they show up on the bottom of this list. Um, Right. But when they make it in 2018 or 2019 and you have to get a tattoo on your left butt cheek. Oh, for the Redskins. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It says Alex Smith is a god. Yeah. Well, that's not going to happen. Um, and I feel 102% confident in that. I know that too. Um, I'm just but we have, and this, to in all the sports leagues we looked at, this is by far the worst team this of all might, teams. This, this might is the be king. the king. Yeah. If we're going to take the Milwaukee Bucks, the Pittsburgh Pirates, and this team, this is definitely the most irrelevant and worst team of the last this 25 years. This team is the Michael Jordan of sucking. <laughs> right. I mean, they are they're, – they're the Lance Armstrong of, 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 of losing games. They might have cheated <laughs> in, in order in to order lose those games. And so I, w- I wouldn't put it past them. And you know who we're talking about? The, the New Cleveland England Patriots. Pa- oh, yeah. No, sorry. Oh. No, what? Wait, no, okay, sorry. They were right next to him. I, I messed that up. The, the Cleveland, Cleveland Browns. Browns. Oh, yeah. Yes, poor Cleveland. Jinx. Cle- the, the, the jinx, you owe me a losing season. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the Cleveland Browns have had three successful seasons in the last 25 years. Um, one successful, of those, though? What, <laughs> successful is not a word that's often associated with the modern Cleveland Browns. Uh, and I hate to use it in this, but it, it, in this context, it is to correct. Go, like, take a shower or something. That, <laughs> that, like, feel dirty saying they, they had three successful seasons, according to our ratings. They only made the playoffs two out of those three years. So one year in 07, they go 10 and 6, and they still don't even make the playoffs, which is the most Cleveland Browns thing to do is win 10 games and still not even get a playoff game. So they go in 94, they go in 02, they have 10 and 6 record in 07, and that is it. That's that is it. it. We're talking about a team that went 0 and 16 last year, the second team ever to do that. Have, what is it, they've lost 
31 out of their last 32 games. Right, because they were 1 in 15 last the, the year, year before, before. Yeah. and 0 16 last year. So they're 1 in 31. And if you count the year before when they were 3 and 13, what are they? 44 losses and 4 wins? Is that right? Did I do it? 6, 12, 8? Yeah. yeah. Four wins, 44 losses in the last. Sorry, three, I couldn't do three math. Years. That was too I know, many I, L's. It was a, <laughs> too many L's. They've taken so many L's that there's actually now seven L's in the word Cleveland. They, they just added them onto it. It's ridiculous. Cleveland. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, this is the worst team the last 25 years. And, and it wasn't, I mean, honestly, before Mitch and I even broke these numbers down, I could have told you the Cleveland Bounds were the worst team in the NFL. But. It was fascinating to break these numbers down, especially because teams like the Bengals and the Redskins, the Raiders, the Cards, I didn't really expect to show up at the bottom here, but they did, and so it was interesting to look at the numbers. You know, and I feel bad for the Cleveland Browns, so I'm going to give something positive to talk about. Perfect. Because I showed down on this, and a lot of people forget, historically, the Cleveland Browns were a great franchise, one of the great NFL early NFL franchises. Um, they were founded in 1946 by Paul Brown, for which the team is named after, Um in 1946, in the AAFC, the All-American Football Conference, um, they proceeded to win the championship seven out of the next ten years in the AAFC and NFL. It was before Super Bowl. This is pre-Super Bowl era. Um, they were founded in 46. They didn't have a losing season until 1956. Wow. Um, and then after that, they didn't have another losing season until 1974. Wait, 18 years? Yeah. Wow. 74. So 46 to 74, they only had two losing seasons. <laughs> it's been a 30 years. Yeah. Well, they just got all their winning out of the way real early. Yeah. And now they are now they have to make up for it. <laughs> right. And then they losing. hit a level of mediocrity, right, um, with a few good years – thrown in there uh-huh. um and then they were really good in the mid to late 80s okay had some really good runs and then dropped off again then the belichick era hit when he coached them in the early 90s they peaked in 94 um and then 95 after the 95 season they moved to baltimore and became the ravens and so there were no cleveland browns until 1999 again once they were refounded um and then since then have been historically bad but, historically bad yeah like no one has been this bad in professional sports for so long ever and i mean obviously we didn't break these down from the beginning in the inception of leagues we didn't go back 50 years 30 years 40 years we back we, we went back 25 years because this conversation originated with us talking about the teams that we grew up knowing were bad teams and so we broke this down from the year of our births 1993 on and in that span, there has not been a, a major sports team in the NFL, the MLB, and the NBA that has been worse than the Cleveland Browns. Congratulations. You're the king of the losers. And now that they have Baker Mayfield, they're on the up and up, guys. I mean, I, I'm not a betting man, but if I were you, I'd put some money on the Browns in the Super Bowl. I mean, I'm just saying. It can't hurt. I think there's a lot You are just growth. full of it today, aren't kidding. you? I'm just kidding. Don't put money on the Cleveland Browns. If you do and blame me, I have you I have, I take no responsibility for any ill advised bets on the Cleveland Browns. Well, this, and let's this not season. jump ahead of ourselves. Baker what? Mayfield's the next Peyton Manning. I mean our Well, thanks for listening <laughs> to the podcast today. <laughs> Mitch has gotta go because Dallas really making him angry now. No things are looking better. 
True. Things I mean, are looking better. And I know it's hard to say that after an 0 16 well, season. It better look better after an 0 16 season. I guess there's nowhere to go but up. But really, things are looking better. It's not like we look like you're going to look at another 2 and 14 team. Right. I don't think you're going to see that. So um, things are looking better for the Cleveland Browns. But don't expect anything good out of them for at least a couple years. Yeah, you got to give them like three years. Three years. Yeah. And then they maybe can be relevant. I don't again. know. And maybe they catch fire. They just signed Michael Kendricks yesterday. Yeah. As in, and they got some and depth. They, 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 got, they got Jamie Collins there, too. They've got, they've got some depth, uh, some solid good, linebackers. And they always had a good defense. Um, that offense has really been, yeah, been atrocious. Because last year they so. had about a middle-of-the-road defense, and they got young pieces who will improve. So they should have a pretty decent defense this year. You know, it's uh, – it's funny. Sports is fascinating, and that's basically how this all started for Mitch and I. We were talking just about sports, how fascinating it is, how things change, how trends are are started, how you know consistency is is something that is rarely found. I mean, we when we broke down these numbers, there were rarely many teams that stayed consistently good over these these long periods of time. So, like in the NFL, it was basically the Packers, the Pats. And the Steelers and the in the in uh, the MLB it was the Yankees, the Red Sox, the Cards, and the Astros, and then the NBA it was uh, the Heat, uh, the um, the Lakers, the Spurs. Obviously, the Spurs only missed one playoff appearance in the whole the time. Magic, the which Magic, which is one that's overlooked a lot. The I Bulls. Think. So there wasn't many teams that really stayed consistent over that whole time period, and, and that's there are a lot hard of, to do. Yeah, and I think there's a lot of teams too that people would like automatically assume, oh, they're always there. But like the Saints haven't been around, but recently, right? Right. I mean, they weren't I mean, really relevant on our they list. They weren't really relevant the 2000s, until the two thousands. The Tigers was another one I think that people would like automatically assume have hung around, but they were. Really, really bad for, right. for a long time. Right, really, um, really, really bad. Really, 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 really bad. Mm-hmm. Um, well, and then you have teams like Mitch mentioned, the Magic, who the Magic. I would just automatically assume was a bad team, but they you know, had early years in the 90s with Shaq and Penny that were really solid, um, and then the Dwight Howard era of the Magic when they went to a finals. It's, so it's surpri- it was surprising for us to break down these numbers and really see, wow, actually this team was better than I thought they were. Yeah. Or a team that was worse than we thought they were. Nationals, that's the other one I was thinking of. Yeah. The Expos, Nats stuff. Um, so. Yeah, and so this was a fun exercise uh, for us to do. If you are interested in looking at all, all of our data, um, hit us up um, on any social media and I will send you – um, what the data that we broke down and the numbers that we kind of crunched in here. If you're interested in looking at like what other teams, how many successful seasons your team had according to our parameters, because we have all the information here. Um, yeah, and if you want to argue it, man, tweet at us. Yeah, comment on Instagram. Let us know why you think we're gonna start a Facebook page really quick. Post uh-huh. on it. Let us know what you think. Yeah, because maybe we would think- love. We get tired of gra- arguing each other all the time. Right, because we want to argue right. you guys. I mean, it's just Let like, us know what you think. You can only be right so many times against somebody to like, get boring. I am boring. so tired of being right all the time. I, oh, you? Yeah. I'm, oh. I really want to talk was, to someone that I can be wrong I'm, with. I'm sorry. Who, who, was, who was right about the, the Timberwolves Bucks? Every squirrel finds its nut, my friend. Oh, thank Every you. Every squirrel finds thank its you. nut. Well, I, I find a lot of nuts. So 
Sure you do. Pause. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Guys, it's been fun. It's been real. This was the only podcast we've been able to do and probably will do for a while that we get to do this face-to-face, and it has been awesome. Uh, So I'm glad Mitch... Has been able to hang out in Utah. He'll, I mean, he'll be out here for for quite a few more days. But yeah, I'll be out here till Friday. So. But yeah, it's uh, you know, to be able to do this in person, um, be able to interact like this has been fun. Thank you guys for listening. If you stuck around through the through the sports nerdiness, um, we hope you enjoyed it. Welcome to the club. Thanks for thinking like us. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, make sure you subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a rating. Leave us a comment on the podcast. You can also find us on Simplecast, Stitcher, any podcast app. Follow us on Instagram at the Sports Hour Guys. We put we post takes on there. We post clips, information, all kinds of stuff on there. Also follow us on Twitter because we live tweet during sporting events, and Mitch is very good at it. Um, I only sent one out today, so I wasn't very good. And at it was, it. and it was uh, I Javale McGee scored his first dunk. And well, first Javale McGee started Hold today. On, let me break this down. Wait, for wait, wait. Me. I'm gonna I'm go back to this. So Javale McGee started today, and we were both kind of shocked that Javale McGee was starting an NBA Finals game. And then he dunks it, like, minute into the game. And I look at Mitch, and I'm like, he's going for 20 points, 12 rebounds, 3 blocks. You didn't just look at me and say, he's going for 20 points, 12 rebounds, and 3 blocks. He puts his arms up in the air and yells, (laughs) McGee's getting 20 points, 12 rebounds, and 3 blocks. And so I looked at him like, you idiot, he's not doing that. And then every time he scored after that, it was 20 points, 12 rebounds, 3 blocks. (laughs) Um, he finished with 12 points, two rebounds, and no blocks. Yeah, I was a little bit off. But 12 points from JaVel McGee is still very surprising. So I think I was kind of close. I was kind of close. You were kind of... I like, was a little too hyped about it. You were it. closer to not being close than you were to being close. That's probably true. Yeah, yeah that's, that's probably true. You were true. not even close. I, you know, I got, I got a little excited about JaVale McGee. I, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll tone that back next time. Please. Uh, but, yeah, we're, 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 <laughs> we're posting on the Twitter. At Sports Hour, guys, follow us on there. You can friend us on Facebook if you're not already friends with us. Um, and we just appreciate the listens. Share with your friends. If you have friends that like sports, uh, share it with them. Because, you know, we just try to have fun conversations. And, uh, and we want to involve... Uh, our listeners to this as well. So if you have ideas, if you have suggestions, if you have topics that you want us to talk about, please let us know and we will do our best to accommodate. Just like not tennis. Yeah, not tennis. Not Not rugby. We tried watching rugby for the first time yesterday. And I'll tell you what, we stood there and we sat, what, we watched it for like 45 minutes? Probably close, yeah. And we we were more confused at the end than we were at the beginning. I think we learned, we like... Any knowledge of rugby that we had, we lost. Yeah, it's, it's like, like, oh well, that was not right at all. We like, we don't know that. It's a game that gets more confusing the more you watch it. Like I felt after ten minutes, I was like, okay, I think I'm starting to get get this. And exciting. Was, it was great. I was to still excited. It was exciting to watch. I had no idea. Was, yeah, I had right. no idea what was happening, but I was still like. I kind of want yeah. to see what happens next. But we have no idea how rugby works. So if somebody wants to explain that to me someday, that'd be great. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but yeah, I mean, we are, yeah, we're down to talk about uh, a lot of different things. We'll be continuing to talk about the NBA finals, obviously, obviously for these next three week, few weeks. Um, once that's over, we'll get into some MLB. We're going to be doing some fantasy football stuff because Mitch and I are super into fantasy football. So, uh, we get closer to the NFL season. And I know we have some listeners out there that are also fantasy footballers, maybe looking for a little bit of draft advice. Um, I know we, I want to do at least, at least one or two mock drafts, um, shows. Maybe we'll have a guest on for that one to do with us. Um, so 
yeah, if you have any fantasy football ideas that you want to hear, tweet at us. Tips, questions. Tips, questions, whatever. I mean, we don't claim to be experts, but... Yeah, we do. I'm an expert in all things. All things. Except for rugby, clearly. Except for rugby. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, but I mean, we're just two guys that like to do this, and we've got opinions on things. Right. So I'll give you my opinion, and it may not be accurate. Like, Why ask your friend that knows nothing when you could just listen to us who know everything? Exactly. I, I love it, Mitch. That's our new slogan. Why <laughs> ask your friend who knows nothing when you can listen to us who know everything? I, uh, I love it. It's going everywhere. <laughs> so thank you guys again for listening. Mitch, Thank you for being here with me today. Thank you for hosting me for the next of course. week. It's been fun so far, and I'm pretty sure by the end I will hate you. But for yeah. now, it's good. Yeah. Yeah. For now, we're good. We're still best friends, right? For, for now. Um, Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll consider Your it. cat's my new best friend. Yeah. M- Mitch loves Phoebe, which is good because she needs more attention because I give her none. Um, so thank you, guys. And we will catch you next week. See ya.